Welcome to the March 2023 episode of the Presale Pulse, a real estate show dedicated, dedicated, very dedicated, dedicated uh, to everything happening in real estate across Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. And we got to start this off. What's up, everyone? I'm Ryan Lalonde. I'm thrilled to be joined by none other than Susanna Gonzalez. Hi. Hi. Susan's got a brand new title. I got to say it's a good one. The Master of Real Estate Sales and Marketing Mayhem. That's what's on the street right now. Let's also not forget why we're here. Suze is a true expert when it comes to real estate and here's to give us, she is here to give us a true rundown of everything that's happened in the marketplace over the last 30 days. Did you chuckle when you said that? A true expert. <laughs> I think I might have. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. On that note, let's talk economy and catch up on our favorite topic of mayhem, interest rate. Oh, let's start with the macro, as we always do. Now, where do you begin with this? Um, I think let's just jump right into it. Um, Suze, tell us what's going on out here. Yeah, I'll do my best to be a real expert. So we're filming this on the 8th, the same day as the latest Bank of Canada rate announcement. So let's focus on that. I love it. Um, I think this month's announcement has been top of mind for industry watchers and home buyers everywhere, and maybe even more so than it was before, which I'm not even sure if that's possible. A lot of people watching for pause in hike cycle which would go a long way right now in supporting the stability in the marketplace. I think it's something that we're all hoping for. What do you think? Yeah, and despite somewhat worrying rumblings coming from the labor market and from the U.S. inflation figures, that is indeed what we saw today. Macklem announced they would be holding the policy rate flat the first time in over eight meetings. And after 425 basis points, although there are warnings, we may, may not be completely done with rate hikes throughout the rest of the year. I just love that he's finally removed his finger from the switch. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's fascinating because in some ways the BOC's hands are really tied on this one, right? Like a central banker is really only as good as their word and they need commentary and forward guidance to be taken seriously if they want to have an impact on the market. Yeah, exactly. And so because Macklem suggested just last month they were looking at a pause, barring a major surprise, it would undermine confidence in their commentary to have such a major switch up in such a short amount of time. Totally. So the new commentary that came with this month's announcement was optimistic but cautionary, continuing the narrative of a pause barring surprises on the inflation front. Macklem warned that the U.S. continues to run hotter than expected, and it would be difficult for Canada to de deviate too heavily from their path. Markets are now contemplating a 25 basis bump at their next meeting in April, sadly. And I mean, like, there's no there's no rule that says that we have to follow the feds, right? But the challenge um, that we're faced is currency depreciation if we don't. And I think that that's top of mind for everyone uh, thinking about the future of Canada. Yeah, that correlation in our business cycles is, is uh, an important one. There have been examples in past cycles where we deviated, though, such as in 2018. But in the run-up to all of this, the Bank of Canada was also the first major central bank to begin raising heights. So it will likely be the first to pause as well, which we just saw. I mean, it, I think there is also a significantly different calculation for central bankers in Canada right now. We have a higher household, uh, we have higher household debt. That's notable. There's a lack of ability to lock in long-term mortgage rates. This means these really impact policy decisions and we have a larger impact on Canadians than they do in the United States. Yeah, with all that being said, the question is now how quickly and how significantly will we differ from the American path and how will that affect households here? Uh, spending a little bit of time in the boardroom over the last week taking some bets. I think jury's divided on this one right now among our development partners. Um, I think that we'll follow it closely. Our guess is, is probably as good as yours and more likely than not, we're going to be following what happens down south. Yeah, agreed. 
All right, so, so let's let's just focus our attention on two of the key takeaways that we want to talk about here from the section we just covered. So the Bank of Canada held the overnight rate flat at the latest policy meeting, but provided cautionary forward commentary as they do. The recent developments in the labor market are hotter than expected, and that's having a huge impact on inflation in the States. And we think that that is going to continue to be a contributing factor to the decisions that our Bank of Canada makes. Yeah, good recap. Now let's move on to discuss the pre-sale market. A big thanks to MLA Advisory for all their hard work on the insider intel they've been pulling together to get us these stats. Now, it looks like the early spring market is in full swing. After a bit of hibernation over the last six months, we're seeing a bit of optimism in the market and developers taking notice. Last episode, we shared details on Curve, Perla, and Citizen. So why don't we give a quick update on those programs? I love it. Let's let's kick off with Curve. Uh, beginning touring March 15th, prices start in the high 900s. Uh, that's for a home roughly mid-tower, 21st floor. Uh, this is going to be one project that we have to watch. Um, the comparables that come to mind, Butterfly by West Bank, located right beside Curve's site. It launched in 2017, a time when foreign buyers with deep pockets were looking for pied-a-terres or an investment vehicle where they could park money. Uh, Canada was a, was, a, was a great alternative. I think what's notable is the new brand is bringing this project to market. It's a luxury price range offering, and the program does feel like it's attempting to rush the market rather than follow it. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't really until 1515 in late 2021 when we saw program targeting pricing at that level in downtown. Local buyers have made up the majority of purchasers in that program, though, so there is something to be said about the depth of local buyers for ultra-luxury product on our market. Yeah, the question is, will the same buyer demographic be active as they were in 2021. Stay tuned with coming pulses and we'll make sure that we're circling back. We're going to follow this one closely. Next up, Suze, I think let's talk a little bit about some of the pre-sale launches that hit over the last 30 days. Uh, four launches in February. Looking back, that's about one quarter of the activity around the same time last year. However, the number of launches we've seen to date in 2023 aligned with the MLA Advisory's forecast in the recently launched MLA Intel report. Click those links below to access. Overall, we're expecting activity in 2023 to align with what we saw in the latter half of 2022. But given that we're hearing some positivity and optimism in sentiment shared amongst all of our development community, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the fall market really outpace the same period last year. We're expecting better outcomes than what many were forecasting not too long ago. Yeah, so when we look at February specifically, there were two wood frame and two townhome launches. Uh, no concrete in February because we had South Yards uh, in January. Um, hard to believe it's providing a lot of relief for active developers as they can focus on competing with other active programs in the market. Same month absorptions was 22% in February. A lot of that coming from recent launches in Squamish. Both Highline and Garibaldi Springs and Finch Drive launched last month and have sold pretty well. Finch sold about 40% of its released inventory, only 15 units though, and Highline sold the 18 units it released. Of course, both programs are competitively priced relative to products in Greater Vancouver, and Squamish benefits from having little inventory entering its market. Yeah, now in terms of some of the upcoming programs, we're conservatively forecasting six pre-sale launches in March. This product will bring roughly just over 1,100 units into the marketplace. After recent positive movement in both the resale and the pre-sale market, we really are expecting many vendors will begin to really look at their existing inventory and search for that window to launch in the market. Now, given where we are at in the year, I think this is likely to lead to increased uh, local activity. Uh, we're going to see in April, possibly May, before we see some things begin to settle down in the summer months and return to a more normal fall. Yeah, I think you said it well earlier and that fall potentially could be fairly busy. Um, now let's get into a little bit more detail with Perla in Metrotown. 
It's the second major tower to launch in Greater Vancouver this year and is relevant to many of our developer clients. The tower is 39 stories and is located off Oliver Avenue, walking distance and basically a block and a half from Patterson Station and Central Park. It also has a pretty strong amenity offering for a single point tower of this size with pool and outdoor lounges, a fitness center, co-working and a rooftop lounge with dining room and games area at about 50 cents per square foot maintenance fee. Now, the interior spec feels a bit underwhelming for this market, if I'm honest, but it is backed by the Polygon name, which will serve them well. Yeah, I think they're going to get a little bit more mileage off the name than they would typically off their spec offering. Now, we mentioned it before, access to recreation and transit is a winning combo, and Polygon's leaning hard on that. Perks for the buyers who prefer culture-rich amenities will be close to proximity to Crystal Mall and Metrotown. I think let's talk a little bit about the insider intel on this one though. Yeah, we're estimating a blended gross price per square foot of twelve forty to twelve fifty based on it off initial pricing. Now that means that incentives, discounts, early bird offerings are going to come off of that price. Um, Polygon bought the land back in twenty sixteen, um, which does mean that they probably have a bit more flexibility in terms of the pricing that they have. Thanks, Susan. For reference, planning documents have their two bed and two bed and den product making up about seventy percent of their total unit mix. That's quite unique. Now, while sizing on these units is reasonable, 802 square feet up to 875, it's unfortunately couldn't get anything below 800. As at the right price point, that type of product is going to move a lot faster in our rate sensitive marketplace today. Now, in terms of sales launch, Polygon has put most of their eggs in one basket, which is alienating some agents who aren't getting the same access to inventory. A phase release strategy and inventory allocation appears to be setting the program apart from its past Polygon offerings, which is a bit of a surprise given the name and given the location. Now, the main takeaway from today's pre-sale update is that there are some promising signs for the pre-sale market and projects launching in today's market. Developers are actively looking for the right window to launch their product into market, and we expect this to lead to increased launch activity in late spring and fall markets. So timing will be key. Now, looking at resale, we saw a bit of a shift in the flavor of the market this month. It feels like the market has experienced almost a 180 to where we were not too many months ago. And this is really great to see. Yeah, it's nice to see some early promising signs of improvements in sales activity as we head into the spring market. You're absolutely right. Just over 1,800 resales last month represented a 47% number below last year, but a 77% increase from where we were last month. So that is a positive sign. Supply, meanwhile, uh, remains historically low uh, for this time of year. Homeowners are currently financially sound, and it seems like they are really hunkering down, ready just to wait out this cycle. And let's remember that the huge trove of pandemic savings is still uh, is still at play. Um, this is most in terms of savings uh, in bank accounts and then also equity gain. Thanks to a combination with government aid and fewer spending opportunities, household savings rose roughly $350 billion above pre-pandemic levels by the end of the third quarter of 2022. Our expectation is much of that savings is being directed towards higher interest rate uh, debt servicing. Now, rather than the consumer spending, the money is being moved to high interest rate saving accounts and GICs. Yeah, and fair enough, Ryan. Why list your home for sale when it means giving up the favorable rate you likely locked down a few years ago? as well as risk not finding something you like to move into with listings as low as they are. There's definitely a lot of incentives for homeowners to take a wait and see approach right now. This continued lack of new supply, which is a thing, you've seen that from some of the numbers shared earlier, is just supporting a gradual shift in our market, not the aggressive price reflections that many of us were forecasting. Yeah, the sales to listing ratio for townhomes and condos moved from the back into seller's market territory, indicating current supply is insufficient for current levels of demand. No surprising metric when considering the context of the past few months. 
There's a lot of renewed optimism right now because of recent developments on the inflation frontier. Yeah, this is peculiar. Like, let's be clear about this. Like, let's consider the data point for a moment. The combination of rising rates, right? Rates are going up, almost the highest that they've been in, in recent memory, low buyer confidence, and a generally accepted economic outlook of recession. And yet, we are still experiencing a seller's market, multiple offers at play in many submarkets. And we saw the first of that in over nine months with an overall benchmark pricing increase of 1.1% month over month. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, a price increase. <laughs> so price, price, prices are going up. Yeah, it's the longest period of consecutive declines we've uh, seen since 2017. Strong employment numbers is supporting that, um, as well as genuine housing needs. And we're seeing uh, those people really support the market right now. I think what it really means is that there's opportunities right now in the marketplace uh, for the savvy investor. I think the savvy market players are also following channels like ours. They're going to be able to take advantage of these opportunities in the coming months. Uh, it's difficult to say whether we're in the bottom of the trough right now, but when we start to move into a seller's market, it does feel like the worst is potentially in the rearview mirror. Now, the two takeaways for this month's resale update, these are the two most important points we want people leaving with. There are early promising signs of improvement in Metro Vancouver resale market as we head into the spring season. Most notable, price appreciation on the benchmark. The second is a lack of supply relative to current demand have supported high price stability and ended nine consecutive months of declines in benchmark pricing. That's one of the longest periods that we actually have on record. Those are big shifts in the marketplace compared to what we were reporting on in October, November of last year. Yeah, that was a great roundup of the latest real estate intelligence for this month. We hope you're feeling as pumped up as we are about all the exciting developments in the market. It is definitely keeping us on our toes. But wait, there's more. Don't miss a beat. Be sure to subscribe to our channel and Newswire our daily email roundup of the latest and greatest real estate news. I can't tell you how many times our clients tell us they love the Newswire. We want to keep you in the loop and at the top of your game, so make sure you subscribe to that. And let's not forget about our unstoppable internal MLA advisory team. They're active in all the major markets across Canada. Check out our brand new MLA advisory microsite in the links below. You'll find access to sample reports on market and price analysis, product design, floor plan reviews, and more showcasing the kinds of actionable intelligence the advisory team delivers. Uh, Suze, I think that we also have to call out just an amazing event this year. Uh, this year in real estate hosted by REW and MLA Canada. We wanted to give a huge shout out to all the enthusiastic real estate fans who joined us, the esteemed industry experts who joined us also on the panel. They covered some really great insights that you absolutely can't afford to miss. We'll be covering those in this month's trending topic episode. Again, click those links below and be sure not to miss that, co that coverage. Lastly, we've officially dropped the MLA Intel 2023 report. This report by our internal MLA advisor team is a gem. You need to check it out today at MLACanada.com. Thank you so much for tuning into the pre-sale pulse. We're going to see you next month. Okay. <laughs>